Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Better Living. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi, finishing up our conversation about the Dallas Black Dance Theater. My final guest of the day is Katricia Eaglin. She is the director of the Dallas Black Dance Academy. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you very much for joining me. I am privileged. So, <laughs> I didn't expect that one. That was Caught good. Off guard. It's a good answer. It's a very good answer. All right. So, I, I've learned a lot about this dance company. Um, you have a very specific role for mm-hmm. the organization's longest running institution, the yes. way that I understand it. Yes. Dallas Black Dance Academy is in its 45th season, 45, 45 years of teaching the dance community in Dallas. It's got to feel crazy to be in charge of something that's been around for that long. It's, um, I think last year when I realized we were going into the 45th season, I, I had a rush of emotions because that's how I started with Dallas Wag Dance Theater. I started as a teacher in 1998. When the company was on tour, I was invited to um, teach for the summer enrichment. And so it's really full circle for me. So where did you start off your dancing career? At Dallas Black Dance Theater, my okay. dream company. <laughs> so uh, where are you from then? I'm from Dallas. You are from Dallas. I'm from okay. Dallas, Texas. Where'd you grow up? Um, West Dallas and then moved to Oak Cliff while I was training at Booker T. Washington High School for the Performing and Visual Arts. Booker T. Yep. All right. So what is the relationship between the Dallas Black Dance Theater and Booker T.? Well, right now, we're we're in a partnership of training students. A lot of students that train at the academy, their goal is to get into Booker T. And so we train them, they get into Booker T, and a lot of times they're, they stay with us and they perform in one of our three academy performing ensembles. Or they get over to Booker T, they get into one of their ensembles over there, and then they just soar. So you are a professional dancer, but you're also a teacher. Did you always know that you wanted to be a teacher? I would guess that there is a difference in just the personality that it's going to take to to do what you do. Did you always know that you had the right personality for this? (laughs) Well, my godmother was my first, one of my first dance teachers. And so I was forced to um, teach choreography with the, (laughs) with the (laughs) recreation center I dance with and I did notice right away that I uh, had somewhat of a knack for it because of my clarity and communication for movement um the other dancers typically went along with me and I was like if if y'all are coming I can I can lead us where we're going let's do it clarity what did you say clarity of confirmation of movement clarity and teaching movement okay explain that to me what what sets you apart in that sense where you're able to visualize this but communicate it as well? I think one, patience. I'm patient. And I pay attention to various learning styles. I, As a student, I like to count and receive counts. And sometimes that's quicker for 
a dancer or a student to learn information if you have a count for each step. So in communicating the movement, I can be very clear. Or if you need rhythms, I can give you rhythms because I have a background in uh, folklorico and African dance. I would say those two things. Do you think that you're an academic, that you, you approach it with an academic mind? Absolutely. I love relating dance back to kinesiology and math and science. You want to get low. I talk about gravity a lot. Has that always been your approach? I think that's a very unique way to look at what you're doing. Yeah, my mom's a teacher, so and my dad's a carpenter, so the math and the symmetry of space kind of comes natural to me. Yes. Kind of have that engineering type mind, right? I do. Maybe I could do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> you could be a carpenter on the side. I could. I can lay carpet. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Commercial and residential. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm speaking with Katricia Eaglin. She is the Dallas Black Dance Academy director. Explain to me, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, explain mm-hmm. to me what this academy is. What do you guys do there? So Dallas Black Dance Academy has two departments. We have our non-professional division, and then we have a pre-professional division. We train students ages 2 to 18. So you can start as young as two and three-year-olds in the parent and me class. So we have dads and moms come in with their little two-year-olds and their tutus and black shorts and t-shirts. And they learn basic rhythm, coordination, basic dance terminology. And the parents guide them in that. And then they move on to ballet tap classes. Then they start individual ballet, modern jazz, African classes. After we see um, potentials potential students that have the discipline and the focus for our pre-professional program, they get invited into the pre-professional program, and that goes through level four. So they are invited into that? They are invited into the pre-professional program. What do you look for when you're selecting kids for that, and what age is that roughly? The pre-professional program starts at age nine. We look for them to be, well, dance is a discipline, so you have to have discipline to dance. So, But we're also looking for them to be enthusiastic, open for correction, um, hungry for knowledge, uh, have supportive parents. Mm. That's very important because the parents have to reinforce what we're teaching them, uh, tire, discipline, independent learning, interdependent learning, uh, communication skills. So they have to communicate with us and receive communication from us. So looking for open and enthusiastic students that are well-behaved. When you are teaching kids, especially at the younger ages, to dance, do you get a lot of boys? As an obnoxious youth, I always thought that <laughs> dance classes are for girls. We do get that a lot, that people think that dance classes are for girls. But this year, we have six boys in our academy. And the more boys we get, the more boys come. So we, we've had boys come in with their sisters, and they see the other young boys in class, and they're like, well, I want to do it too. Mm. So they're, they're coming in in droves this year. Do boys and girls learn the same things? Uh, yes. Typically they learn the same thing. Uh, a lot of times we have to, let's see, for boys, you want to make the class a little more active and a lot less talking. Okay. <laughs> Uh, girls like to typically do a lot, ask more questions than the boys do. They want to just do it. 
So if you have a, we have a lot of able-bodied teachers. Uh, most of our teachers are members of the professional company, Dallas Black Dance Theater, or former members of the company. So they demonstrate and the boys go. Do you have to kind of run these kids with an iron fist? I think that in the movies and stuff like that, you almost see like a militaristic attitude towards learning dance because it's so physically demanding, because it's so mentally demanding. You can't just have kids run around. There's a lot of responsibility and a lot of um, pay attention that you have to instill in these kids. How do you run that? There's a balance. So especially for our the students that aren't in the pre-professional program, we still want them to enjoy it. So that we tailor it with fun and and nurturing and, and nurturing environment. Um, I am a stickler for uh, attire and paying attention. So a lot of times when you can tell, and the teachers have mentioned to me when the kids see me come by, then they start to straighten up and fly right. And, you know, I'll threaten them. Do you need to come sit in the office with me? <laughs> and then, oh, no, the office. <laughs> is there like a, is there a physical punishment that dancers have to do? Do they have to do a certain amount of dance steps or is there push-ups or is there is there something like that that I make them do push-ups really because <laughs> I'm like it's gonna it's a punishment and it's gonna make you stronger so it's twofold do dancers have to worry most about their legs or their arms physically speaking I think it depends on your natural anatomy you know some people are more have natural arm strength some people have natural leg strength so I think if you're in a dance class and you find yourself to be physically weak, if you're doing a lot of athletic work, then mm. you need to start doing some push-ups. <laughs> As a teacher, what are you really trying to do with your students? What are you really after? Because we think about dance as being initially something very physical. We learn a little bit more and we find out that it's very mental. But we have also found out during today's conversation that it affects your lives in in very meaningful but also kind of weird ways it kind of sneaks up on you mm -hmm. so as a teacher what are you actually trying to deliver to your students as a teacher personally i remind my students often that everything that you learn in the studio can be applied in life so the perseverance that you learn the focus that you learn and have to apply uh, the spatial awareness that you learn having to work with others receive direction and execute those directions are things that you're going to have to take in life wherever you go, whether that's in dance or whatever job you work at, you're going every in dance class, you have an, an attire, every job has an attire requirement that you have to um, abide by. So I think those things, having confidence in yourself, and being open to receiving correction and not take it in a negative way all the time. Second time you've mentioned attire. <laughs> this is important to you. Yes. Explain what you're looking for when a dancer steps into your room. A black leotard, flesh-colored tights, flesh-colored ballet shoes, and a neat bun and a smiling face. Why is that so important? A lot of times I think students in this generation that are coming up, they're taking attire for granted as if they can come to dance class with T-shirts and shorts on. And as if it's not as important as, let's say, soccer, where you have a soccer uniform, you're going to wear that to soccer practice. 
You're going to wear your cheerleading uniform to cheer practice. If you worked at McDonald's, you're going to wear the McDonald's t uh, polo with the, the little <laughs> symbol. Hat. Yeah, you're going to wear the hat. So that same respect and attention should be given to your dance attire. Did you always feel that way? Always. Really? Always. Did somebody instill that in you? Yes. Who was it? All my dance teachers. Really? <laughs> All of them. Do you feel that that is something that separates the the pros from the wannabes? I feel like with anything that has real technical expertise involved, music, whatever it is, that you, you can tell the people that don't get it, and it's like, that's got to be crisp, that's got to be perfect, get your uniform set up right. I like those things. I like that. Yes. Um. So it's something that you've always paid attention to and had kind of drilled into you? Yes. And then as as a professional, uh, as a pre-professional, I had a teacher remind me that your body is your instrument. So paying attention to the attire that you have on makes people look at you different. So it makes your lines look different because in dance, you're creating shape and line. So you want to magnify shape and line. And you want to be able to show your shape and your line. And if you have a big blousy shirt on, I can't see anything that you're doing, even though that may help you to warm up and that's fine. But I think a, a smart dancer knows when to have on the attire that's going to magnify and exemplify those things that they do well. And that, that attire really does help. When you're in the classroom, do you adhere to it as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Lead by example. Yes. Okay, what is your goal as a teacher as far as moving these kids up? Because we're starting them at two years of age, but it's going up to 18. And that, what did you say, pre-professional program? Yes. That's going to prepare them for what's that next step? What do you want to see the more elite students move on to do? My hope for the elite student is that they could come to the Dallas Black Dance Theater audition and the DBDT Encore Director, Ms. Nicole Ray, would look and take them into consideration. You know, they wouldn't have the experience of those that have gone to college, but if they come to the audition for the audition experience, which I do encourage them to do that, that they would be able to hold their own in audition and there, be able to shine. Are there students that are able to make that jump without college? Or is it most common? Do dancers really need to go to college and get that? We encourage them to go to college um, because it's not just about your physical ability. Mm. When you go to college, you're learning how to self-manage. So you're going to class, you're getting up on your own, no one's waking you up, maybe. <laughs> you know, you're you're planning your schedule, you're planning, you figure out what kind of load you can handle. If you're a night person or a morning person, you learn your own temperament. You're off on your own to handle those things on your own. You find your own ride or learn how to ask for help. And those things are essential when you get into a company, especially into a training company where uh, the director is looking for you to be confident in yourself which are decisions outside of dance so that when you come in the studio, you can be confident as a mover. So it's really about learning life. Yes. 
before you move on to yes. focusing on your professional stuff. Yes. I was thinking of, you think of athletes that are super gifted in high school. LeBron James was able to go from high school straight into the pros. And there's more and more examples of that. And I didn't know if that was common within dance. But what you're saying is, is that maybe physically they might be able to, but yes. really you need to learn life before you actually are able to be a proficient dancer mm-hmm. and professional. And you see that in the athletes as well. Some don't make great decisions. It's a very, very, <laughs> very good point. And it point. affects their careers. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. All right. So when you are putting together your curriculum, is it different year to year? Do you have a structured path that you like to hold on to? The kids learn the basics, and then maybe we'll throw something else in new. We are flexible, not in the overall curriculum, but the lesson plan. So your lesson plan is what you do each class. Your curriculum is the overall scope of what they're learning each year. The Our Horton program has more of a more of a structured curriculum and lesson plan. Our ballet program, although I'm an ABT certified instructor, Our ballet program has a little more flexibility for the teacher to alter the lesson plan depending on how how long those students have been in that class. So let's say, for instance, you're in the pre-professional program, you're in the pre-pro one level. Well, the teacher may have worked on your basic alignment the first year or mastering that align your alignment for each student and then the next year we're using that alignment how that affects you in pirouettes and then how that affects you in jumps and then the next year so each level can be progressed in its own way within the curriculum do all dancers start out with ballet because this is a contemporary dance company this is what you got you guys focus Mm -hmm. on modern dance Mm -hmm. but you have mentioned that ballet is sounds like the starting point at least for dance for the academy is that true so basically well if they start at two creative movement is the starting point <laughs> we're doing creative movement and yes ballet tap would be those ballet the ballet and tap combo classes would be those classes that they start to take without their parents okay you said you're abt certified yes american ballet theater Tec- theater okay yeah. i was gonna say technique <laughs> I wasn't That's quite sure. That's a good guess. <laughs> um, all right. You've got all these students, but I we haven't even discussed how many you have. So you have teachers and students. How many people are you in charge of? Well, wow. Okay, so about 20 parent volunteers, whom I love dearly, <laughs> 17 teachers, and 320 students. What is your favorite thing about being a teacher? Not a dancer, not a director. Being a teacher, what is the thing that really makes you feel at home in what you're doing? When I see the students grow, when they when they get it, and when they take, and, but I think the growth is really when they take ownership of the information. So I may say, oh, we're always going to start with our left hand on the bar, but I literally love it if I say, if well, if I'm teaching little people. Which hand do we start on the bar? The left hand. Like that's that confidence and that excitement. That does it for me. I love it. If people want to get involved with the academy, what's the best way for them to do that? DBDT.com and email us at academy at DBDT.com. Patricia Eaglin is the Dallas Black Dance Academy director. Do not show up unless you have a tight <laughs> bun. 
flesh black, colored. That's right. Tights. <laughs> and is it is it a leotard? Black leotard. Black leotard. Yes. Or, else you, or else you're doing push-ups. Or else you're doing push-ups. It was great speaking with you. Good Thank luck you so with much. everything you guys have going this Thank year. You. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 